are listening to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. Before we get started, make sure you check us out on our social media at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks. We really appreciate it. This is episode 140, where we talk about what you can expect when walking into a firearms class, as well as some green and red flags to watch out for, plus the big differences between basic and more advanced classes. As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy episode 140 of Range Minded, the things to expect from a firearms class. Hello and welcome to Range Minded from Independence Indoor Shooting. My name is Mark Long, and I am joined as always by... The one and only Steve Zimmerman. Indeed, and and here for the first time in 2021 is Nick Hoffer. Oh wow! I see for what the, you did there. <laughs> for the first time, for the first time, yeah, and the first time this week. First time all over. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, maybe I can make it onto every episode this year. Maybe that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be a good goal to have. It, one goal it we, sounds- we didn't talk about that last time. It sounds a little bit reachy, though, so let's just make it one show at a time. <laughs> Take okay. it one show at a time. That's probably safer that way. Uh, so Mark, probably. what are we going to talk about today? So today we are talking about uh, training. Uh, we talked a lot about all the new gun owners um, from last year, Some somewhere up in about 20 million, I would say, at least 5 million new gun owners, but 20 million uh, new background checks uh, within the last year, and um you know, we talked about encouraging everybody to get training and all that, but I thought it would be wise to talk about what kind of goes into that training, maybe what kind of training level you need to be at if you're a, uh, whether you're a new or maybe a seasoned gun owner, um, and what you can expect uh, when you walk into the training, and uh, maybe some things to watch out for, some things that uh, you um, maybe want to, are red flags or green flags. Yeah. So got to watch out for all those red flags. And, so, <laughs> well, I mean, there's no shortage of of how do you say in the polite, most polite terms, maybe not the best or highest quality instructors. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a couple out there. You want to know easy. kind of what you're looking looking for, you know? Easy, Steve. I haven't even started instructing yet, and you're already calling me out. <laughs> well, you'll. You'll get better. You'll get better. <laughs> God, I hope so. Everybody's You're kind of a yellow somewhere. flag. <laughs> what's yeah? What's that? Is that the caution flag that they use for NASCAR? Just be careful. Yeah, yeah, the caution flag. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I think one of the big things that a lot of people, um, you know, the biggest hurdles is they don't know what to expect when they when they go for firearms training, and so. Um, you know, it might be wise to kind of walk people through it. And I think that would encourage more people when they know kind of what to expect. Yeah. Cause I think Absolutely. it is kind of, it is kind of scary for, for uh, first time gun owners. Like in my experience, like when I sell a gun to somebody that's, that's uh, never owned a firearm before, <clears throat> they're usually apprehensive and, and they know they need training, but they're kind of scared to ask it sure. seems like some of them are, and and I, maybe it's because they're worried about somebody treating them like they're stupid or, you know, uh, maybe talking them down. And maybe they've had that experience at other gun stores. Sure. And uh, so I, I think there's a percentage of new firearms owners that are just too scared to ask, you know, ask questions of what the next step is. 
Yeah, they're already in a in an uncomfortable position being in a gun store, being a first time gun owner, and being around people who maybe you would think know everything and anything about guns there is makes you look like kind of an idiot. Well, and I think on the other side of that, even if you're not a first time gun owner, it's a it's scary to I guess ask for help and instruction, especially if you're someone who either thinks yourself or other people think already have that experience and maybe you don't sure i know i know when i first started uh in the firearms industry i kind of felt that way i was nervous to uh go to some of the shoots and stuff that we did because i wasn't as skilled as maybe most of the people that i was going with yeah that's a good point that's a really good point um because you know maybe you know enough to this is maybe a bad turn of phrase but enough to be dangerous but um you know, you don't have maybe the comp confidence um, to go along with some of that theory competence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think that's a really great term for the for what you're talking about, because, yeah, all of us do know just enough to be dangerous for sure, <laughs> be it to someone else or ourselves. Yeah. So um, why don't we uh, start by just talking about what, um, you know, you can expect walking into a a firearms class. And we'll just go with a, a reputable place like Independence Indoor Shooting, for example. Um, you know, let's say we're going to walk into our basic pistol class um, after buying our pistol. And, um, you know, we're ready to we're ready to walk in there and get better at what we do. Um, what, what do you expect when you walk into when you walk into that lesson or that uh, class? Well, the very first thing you're going to encounter are the instructors are going to be welcoming um, and they're not going to be um, overwhelming. They're not going to be condescending. They're going to accept you at whatever level you are uh, right into the, in the door. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be welcoming. They should be as soon as you walk in, like you said, Steve, they should be welcoming you and saying, Hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, great to have you here. What's your name? Um, they're probably going to check you in because, uh, if they're organized, there is a, a roster usually of who's supposed to be there and who's not. <laughs> I hope so. Usually I not a so. free for all. No, thank goodness. And not because we want to make money, even though we, we want to make money, but it's important to know who's coming in and who's, uh, you know, because I've had it too, where uh, I had a, an RSO class the same day as a basic pistol class. And they sat in the class for <laughs> several minutes before they realized this, this is the wrong class. <laughs> then they get embarrassed. That sounds like uh, the fr uh, freshman year in high school almost where it's like you don't know where you're going. You don't know what class uh, you're supposed to be in or where you're not supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you'll have an instructor, um, you know, welcome you and uh, make you feel like you're part of it um, and that you're supposed to be there and that you're in the right class. Um, and you'll probably be, I would say, and this always surprises me, I'm always surprised by the kinds of people that are there. Um, because, you know, especially that first class, you might think it's maybe all types of gun nuts or something, but it really isn't. It's, it's all kinds of people that you'd be surprised by. Yeah. And, and the basic pistol is probably one of my most favorite classes to teach because most of them are, are brand new firearms owners or, uh, even a husband. I think we talked about this a while ago where I had a husband and wife team show up and he was a little bit more experienced, but, um, it's hard to teach a spouse how to shoot. So she decided she wanted to take a class and he just kind of, kind of tagged along. Yeah. And, and it was fun. Like he even learned some stuff by the end of the class. 
Sure. I was going to say, that's not a bad way to kind of make a, take a refresher or uh, make somebody that's new to guns feel a little bit more comfortable. And you have the, uh, the means to do it is to kind of get it, take a refresher class for sure. So question for you, Steve, cause you, I, you teach at independence. So first shots or <clears throat> beginner basic pistol class first. Um, how do you how do you decide which one of those? Because there is quite a jump. I mean, one's thirty five dollars yeah. and one's a hundred. So yeah, and and the first shots class. The nice thing about that, the way that's set up, is it's for people that have never or have very very little exposure to firearms. And uh, I know some of the some of the other guys that are or gals, some of the other instructors, I should say, that have been teaching that class, um, have had very good responses. Um, coming out of the class from those students. So if you've never, ever, ever touched a gun, maybe that, that, uh, whatever hour and a half or whatever it is, um, of, of first shots with a 22 caliber, maybe that's the right thing to do first. Cause there's a lot of folks, you know, I, I've done things where I thought I'd be really excited to do and then I get involved and then I spend a lot of money and then <laughs> I, I realize I don't like it. Right. Yeah. It's possible. Well, that, so that kind of talks about like where I had talked before about the concealed carry class and my, my reason for wanting to get into instructing is to teach that pre-concealed carry class. So mm-hmm. that would be similar to kind of what you're talking about then with the independence first shots program, kind of yeah. what to expect when you become a gun owner and start shooting. And, and again, those, those brand new people to, to firearms, I really enjoy spending time with those people because first of all they have no bad habits right and and it's a just a complete blank slate and then we can grow from there and uh i've helped a lot of of new shooters almost exclusively women they seem to be a little bit more i wouldn't say passionate but there's a lot more emotion involved uh in in the first couple of shots coming out of a handgun that uh it's a big hump for them to get over and it's so rewarding to see him go from shaking and, and barely wanting to touch the gun and then to the end of the class, you know, seeing him shoot bullseyes and their confidence level just skyrockets. Yeah, it's uh, it's a cool thing to watch people gain uh, not only competency, but comfort and, and confidence with a firearm. Um, and I, I agree with Steve there, Nick, that uh, if you have never touched a gun before, you don't own a gun. um you know, you can take a basic pistol class if you want to, but I would mm-hmm. uh, echo what Steve says that I would highly recommend that uh, the first shots class, which um, if you go to a reputable gun store, they should have kind of an intro to intro to guns class um, where you should yeah. be able to experience that. And first shots really comes through the, the NSSF, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, because they saw a need, you know, talking to lots of other ranges and and, and store owners of some program to, to first of all, get people interested in firearms and then get them behind, uh, you know, small caliber pistols. And the nice thing with the NSSF is they actually help advertise for those classes. Nice. Awesome. So you have, so at the range, there's first shots, uh, there's a basic pistol. And then I also saw that there is the, my first gun for women. Is that going to be different than the first shots class itself? Uh, I imagine it will be. I, I haven't had a chance to really look at that curriculum, um, but I'm I'm assuming that it's going to be taken care of by Sarah, who who has come a long ways in her um, journey to becoming an instructor. She has a way to connect with with 
um, timid ladies <laughs> when it comes to shooting. And so I'm sure she'll be, she'll be the one ramrodding that. And, uh, but first shots is for anybody. Um, doesn't matter who you are, where the, the ladies class there is obviously designed for ladies, um, which right. in my experience too has been, cause we're jerks. I always say that in classes, you know, guys are jerks and <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard sometimes for women to be willing to ask questions or open up and learn when there's guys in the class that could very well be judgmental or sometimes just dirt bags, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I, um, you know, we've had Sarah on before a couple times and, uh, and more than a couple times now, I guess. And, you know, she's done really, really well and both on the podcast and, um, you know, as an instructor. And, um, that's what she's talked about too, is that, you know, women are usually more, um, hesitant around other men, but I've seen it in, um, when I RSO'd for the, uh, independent women shoots, there's an energy there. There's a willingness and an eagerness to learn and excitement to learn. And, um, that you don't see in other classes, um, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's um, that's kind of the difference um, between that first shots and the uh, introduction and basic pistol classes. Um, you know, like you said, if we've never shot a gun before, period, or maybe you know somebody who hasn't, um, that would be the class to either direct them to or take yourself. Um, and then, um, you know, from there, you step it up to the to the basic pistol. Mm hmm. Um, which, you know, we kind of started talking about a little bit, um, but see, once you keep walking us through after maybe you, uh, you notice, you know, you've got, you know, a dozen other people there or so, and, um, you've got the instructor and you're sitting down taking your seat. Um, what can you expect once the class starts? Well, I, for me and, and my experience with some of the other instructors, I, I have a hard time waiting too long to get the class started. Sure. So many times, you know, even a couple of minutes after the time, like I'm, I'm trying to get that class going and I understand people get, get late sometimes, but if that happens to you, don't feel embarrassed. Um, they'll get you caught up, but I, I try to keep the classes on time. Um, it's just something about me. I, I hate being late for any kind of a meeting. <laughs> so I, even though I am occasionally, it still drives me nuts to not start a class on time. Um, so you'll, you'll get in there, you'll sit down, the class should be going. Um, they will, well, at least for me, I always try to get the, the students to introduce themselves and why they're there. For me, I like knowing what I need to cover or, you know, maybe spend a little bit more time on. Sure. I want to know what the student expects from the class. So I give them what they expect or, you know, what they paid for. Um, to me, that's a big deal. You know, your time and your money as a student is, is more valuable to you than it is to me. And, and I want to make sure that you're getting some kind of a value out of that. Um, and then we'll go through, you know, the, the basic handgun really, um, thankfully there's, there's not a lot of slides in that PowerPoint. Um, it's, you know, we, we, we talk about and make fun of NRA a lot of times, usually their PowerPoint presentations are like a hundred slides long and it's so boring. <laughs> um, we, we try to mix in some videos and, and, you know, we, we want to keep it entertaining and engaging. And that comes with um, the ability to teach adults. Adults are way harder to teach than kids because we get bored and, you know, sometimes we feel like we already know the information. So we zone out or if the instructors just dry as salt, then 
it's hard to keep attention. So we try to mix it up as much as possible. Yeah, we're more apt, I think, as adults to skip things or to, um, you know, just assume we already know the basics or whatever and can kind of gloss over something. So, um, but no, that's good. That's And I would say that's a mark of a good instructor, too, is that uh, informing you about what you're going to learn, what the concepts are going to be, what you're going to get for your money. Um, and I think one thing that maybe a lot of people would be surprised that have never been to a class before is that there's usually more classroom time uh, than there are shooting time, at least in those first kind of introductory or basic classes um, yeah, to make for, sure that for me in the, in the basic, it's a four hour class and we end up being maybe an hour and a half inside the range. Um, maybe a little bit more depends on, uh, you know, the needs of the shooters. Yeah. It's about, I would say on average, it's about half and half, but um you know, and, and I think sometimes the other part of it is just being in a range and being comfortable in a yeah. range, um, spending time, whether you're shooting or not. I think most people who probably are new gun owners maybe have been to a shooting range once or not at all, and yeah. they don't really know what to expect either. And I think there's a comfort that comes, uh, comfort level that you gain after spending enough time in a range. So. I think the mark of a good basic class, um, you know, again, with not only with the instructor, but you're spending, you know, equal equal times in the classroom with as well as in the range as well. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, hopefully. And, you know, made me made me think of something. And Nick, and I think you talked about this, too, is um, you've taken shooters to the range. Um, and I think you said some of them are even fairly new to shooting. Did they have a different experience inside the range and what they expected? Uh, as in like what they expected when going to the range with me or as in a class setting? No, no, no even, even just going into the range, to the indoor range, was it, was it more or less than what they had expected as far as oh, yeah. anything? I think, I think a lot of them go into it kind of thinking that it's going to be a little bit overwhelming. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's why... Uh, to be honest with you, I think that's why a lot of people opt to go out of a range setting to go shooting because of the the nervousness of the people around them. Yeah. Um, I know that like, I, I swear every time I take a new person shooting, especially if I'm going to do any type of uh, instruction with them, I get next to the person with the Smith and Wesson 500. <laughs> and for some reason they think that they needed to buy a whole box of ammo. And they need to run through it as fast as possible and then go buy more. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. That or that or I'm right next to the guy on the 25-yard range shooting his 30 out 6 that he just chopped the barrel down to nothing on. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But so, so, so once, once we get past the fear of the shots going off and the fear of not knowing what they're doing when they're handling the gun and potentially having the RSO come tap you on the shoulder and tell you, hey, you can't do that a couple of times, uh, then it becomes more of a fun experience. And yeah, when we leave, they definitely want to come back and do it again. Yeah. And, and I've noticed with a lot of shooters, new shooters, whether in the class or just at the range that they worry more about what the range is going to be like. And then, and then when they get there, they have this expectation of, of craziness. And then, they realize, oh, it's just loud, and I can do this, and they and they start to to slow down and focus. And I, I think if if you know you're you are thinking about taking a a class and you haven't been in to an indoor range, it is noisy. It is uh, it can be kind of chaotic at times, but it's it's safe, and it's probably not as bad as what you expect. Sure, 
So yeah. I will I will say this. So something that I did because I do take a lot of people to the indoor range now to Independence is I actually bought a second pair of Walker uh, digital oh, earmuffs. Oh yeah, and nice. that makes a huge difference for people when they don't have to like yell or have to like remove their earmuff to hear what you're trying to say to them. And you can kind of talk at a normal level and people are so used to now having headphones or whatnot that they they're more comfortable being able to hear you. They don't have to put earplugs in. Uh, it, it, it's helped a lot. Yeah. That's a, that's yeah. a great point. Um, that's, I that's, I think they were, I was like just saying 35 that's, bucks. So, yeah, that's and then you know I, even just having extra kind of extra everything really like an extra um, speed loader um, or a, uh, a, a what do you call it an uplula? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, just even just having those as an instructor, I think would be good to have um, because you know the. You're as a new shooter, you're not even going to know that those things exist. You know what I mean? I remember when I first started shooting. Um, you know, I took people or I, I would go with people and I just had my old, my dad's ear, earphones that were from like the 1970s. <laughs> it looked like squares on the sides of my head. You know what I mean? And uh, I didn't, I had no idea that electronic earmuffs were even a thing. And then, you know, you learn that they get a, there's Bluetooth in them and all that kind of stuff. And um, I think showing people how much more comfortable you can be and how much you can like hear and communicate, you know, with technology now is also a good thing. So. Yeah, and so for me, like like Steve said, I, I enjoy taking people uh, shooting. Like I'll meet people, they find out what I do, and they always like reach out to me later and, and talk to me about shooting. So I'll try and take them to the range. Well, I've created an entire separate range bag just for when I'm going to take somebody new to the range to shoot. Because just like you said, I have up-to-date earmuffs. I've got speed loaders. I've got a, a couple of different guns that we take, one being a 22 conversion that that way we can kind of see what they're comfortable shooting and get them started with a smaller caliber. But I also bring all my own ammo so that I don't, they don't have to worry about any of that and it makes it a lot more enjoyable. And then I can do more like education on how much fun it can be and how safe it is over them having to worry about, Oh, did I, did I bring safety glasses? Did I get targets? Did I get earplugs? And then having to use stuff that, might not be the most comfortable via in-ear earplugs and uh, cheap two-dollar uh, safety glasses. Right, that's smart. I, yeah, I think you brought up some important points. Is um, as students wanting to take a class or when they go to the class, is is that instructor or you know whether it's one-on-one or you're at a formal a formal class setting, he needs to be prepared for whatever whatever could happen. And so I, I like that you're, you have it set up in a way that no matter who you take, they're ready to go. They don't have to worry about spending any more money. They don't have to, you know, a fear of, Oh, I'm going to go blind or I'm going to go deaf. No, you've got it taken care of. And any, anyone that really cares about sharing the, the joy of the second amendment, whether it be on one-on-one or, or in a classroom setting, it's got to be willing and able to, um, to roll with the punches and, and kind of create a class setting that's going to be comfortable for all their students. 
Yeah. And because from a student's perspective, I would say is that if you maybe forget something, like you're already, like we talked about at the beginning, you're kind of already on edge. Um, you know, you, you, you think you're going to be around people who are maybe, um, you know, more experienced than you may make fun of you or, you know, you're just in that uncomfortable position. Well, if you forget something and nobody has what you ha- like, nobody has an extra pair of, you know, ear protection or eye protection or whatever, um, yeah. you know, that's, that's going to probably, you know, mess with and 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 leave a bad taste in your mouth from that first, um, you know, gun experience, and that might turn you off to guns altogether. So, um, definitely. Well, you know. and, and to be straight up honest, I've never taught a class where every student had everything they needed. Sure, because you don't know. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Just, absolutely. You just don't so know. here's here's something to think about too. So all of us have been in a situation where maybe we were the outsider or. We weren't a hundred percent comfortable. Right. You think about like, if you had to ask for something, you may have been hesitant. Um, if you had to ask for something, then you may have felt, uh, uncomfortable after that because you didn't have what you needed. And I think the best experiences are always the ones where if you're new to something and someone offer, like for me offering to take someone shooting, they always say, well, what do I need to bring? And I say, you don't need to bring anything unless you have something specific that you want to bring. Right. Otherwise, uh, just bring yourself. Everything is provided. Like yeah. I have everything that you need. And then if we're going to go a second, third time, okay, then I'm going to say, okay, make sure next time that you pick up some safety glasses and earplugs. These are the ones that you use. Uh, here's where you can get them. Or after we're done shooting, we'll walk through the store and uh, they'll ask questions and we'll look at guns and whatnot. And then they have a better idea of what they need to continue on doing that. But the first experience. I always want that for the person to be their best ex- interaction with not only me, but the sport of shooting. Yeah, that's right. really smart. That's exactly the way to do it. It's just, and that's the way I've done it with the, the couple of people that I've taken shooting. Um, you know, don't worry about bringing anything, just bring yourself and, and we'll take care of the rest. And one thing I do always make mention of afterwards is like, Hey, ammo's not free. But, you know, for right now I will, I will show you what it's like and you don't have to worry about it because I think, like you said, Nick, not having to worry about being the outsider and forgetting something and being unprepared and all that is just going to make it worse. So if you can provide something for everybody, you're going to be, um, you know, you're going to give those folks a much better time. Yeah. yeah. And I think as a, I think as an instructor teaching a class, like up front in the class, you should let people know, hey, if you don't have something or you're uncomfortable with something that you already have, like, let me know. And I'll do what I can to to get you the right thing or to modify or fix the thing that you have to make it work better for you. Because even then, I've seen people who have maybe you have a, a certain gun. I actually uh, RSO in a concealed carry class one time uh, for some friends and family. And the one guy was shooting an LCP 380, he's <laughs> 6'4", 250 pounds. <laughs> and halfway through the shooting portion, I was like, dude, he, Try the rest of this using my gun. There's a Glock 19. I'm like, he's like, no, no, no. I want to shoot the gun that I'm going to carry. I'm like, listen, in order to make sure that you're (laughs) very good on the fundamentals, try it with a gun that fits your hand better, (laughs) get through the drills. And then after we're done, I'll let you finish out your rounds in 380 so that you can do that. But I see you struggling. I see you struggling with the reloads. Let's, let's get the basics in and then we can go back and do it the way that you want so you feel comfortable with that gun but 
there's there's times as an instructor or even an artist, like you see someone struggling and it's because some of the equipment that they have isn't doesn't fit them right and whoever helped him pick out that gun or if it was a an ego thing he just bought the gun without talking to anybody or even trying it and now he's struggling with it now now he has some more information he's got to put his hands onto a different gun and see like what it could be like yeah. yeah. And that's another thing. If you're going, if you're at a, um, you know, a gun shop that, uh, or a range that rents guns too, you should usually be able to pick a different gun. If you find one that's not working for you, um, you know, mm-hmm. like again, going back to the, the independent woman where, or a, a basic pistol class where somebody may have a gun that, you know, somebody else bought for them or, um, their husband said it was the right gun for them or any kind of case, um, you know, you can, usually spot that and say, Hey, let's go get a gun from the rental counter. It won't cost you anything else. Um, you know, as long as it's the same caliber and let's just try it out and see how this one feels. You know, I think a class, a lot of people think is like, you have to use the gear that you have. Um, but it really is a great opportunity to try other gear as well. If it's a, if it's a well-equipped class. Yeah. Yeah. And usually that's, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, I have, I have completely stopped telling people what gun they should buy. Yeah. I have, Anytime someone asks me, I have completely stopped saying, oh, you should go get the Glock 43 or you should go get the M&P Shield. I, I, have a, I have a couple set questions that I ask, trying to figure out what size gun they're looking for. Um, I try and direct them into either a 380 or a 9mm as far as caliber goes. And then after that, I say, hey, maybe you should run down to the, run down to the range, uh, try try one magazine from these three guns that we've narrowed it down to and see which one you like. And if it's a price thing, then I have guns that are in that price range that I recommend. But I, I, I used to be like, Oh, you, you just get a Glock 19. You'll be fine. <laughs> now, now, now I'm like, you know what? Like here, here's my recommendations. Go get your hands on them. If you want, I'll meet you down there so that you can try them or, come by the shop and I have those guns. You can, you can try them out in your hand and we can go shoot them. But I, I, I stopped being like, you should get this gun. Well, the nice thing is, is there's so many good guns out there now um, for every purpose. It really, that, that there's a lot of options and choices, which is great. Yeah. That's well, great. And I think what stopped me from doing that was that I was recommending a certain gun and that person would already have that bias you know, like Ford versus Chevy type thing. Oh, I, I, I hate, I hate Glocks. Well, why? Well, because my, my brother, well, I'm like, oh, okay. Well then. Or cause the internet it. said so, so. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I saw a gun blow up with hand loads on the internet. <laughs> nice. so I just, I just stopped doing that altogether and avoid that like brand bias. Yeah. That's a smart thing. Um, so let's get into the, a little more detail in into the class. Um, what can you expect in maybe the classroom aspect? We don't have to go too far into the weeds on this, but um, I think, you know, I think there's at least an environment or a vibe that you should uh, kind of expect um, in a class, a uh, classroom setting that's going to set you up for success. Um, Steve, what do you think? Or Nick, either, well, either of you can chime in. Uh, well, hopefully you, you show up to the class uh, as an empty vessel. Um, it's really frustrating when when a student shows up and they they feel that they have all the answers and they just kind of shut off. 
Um, and it's hard for the rest of the class too. So I think the very first thing is, is you should be going, even like we talked about the husband and wife team, you should go to the class expecting to learn something new and be willing to, to try maybe a, a different technique or whatever, uh, because it, any information is going to make you better, hopefully. Right. Sure. Uh, and the other thing I think is really important that you show up um, with a notepad because I forget things all the time. And, you know, it's it's nice to, to just jot down those things that, oh, hey, that's a good idea and just write them down. Because I guarantee if it's some little quirk or something, you're going to forget about it in a month. Yeah, unless you write it down, which usually that, that works for me. Yeah, I've got a, I got a sieve for a memory, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what you should expect or what you can walk into. Usually, um, there's a, you know, a PowerPoint presentation, some slides, um, that folks go through. Um, what you shouldn't expect, um, is, uh, kind of, how do I put this? Uh, a a lot of opinions and attitude. If you end up finding that, you know, maybe take what the, the folks are saying with a grain of salt. So there really should be kind of an objective, um, view about, you know, the basics of proper firearm handling, talking about safety, um, and that kind of stuff. If it starts to get opinionated, I would say, um, you know, then maybe just keep your kind of ears perked up about that because that's happened to me where, um, the first concealed carry class I ever took in, uh, in Illinois, um, of all places (laughs) was, uh, You know, it was taught by a good guy. You know, he was a a retired law enforcement officer or whatever, but um, he was, he had a lot of opinions on a lot of things that some weren't even really even relevant to the course. And it was like, it kind of took you out of it. Um, And, um, you know, obviously everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Um, And what's funny is I agreed with him on most everything or whatever, but that's not what I kind of came here to listen to, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's important too. like, uh, and maybe you remember this when I taught the RSO class when you first took that class was, was we want to give you the knowledge, skills and attitude to become, you know, a, a knowledgeable shooter. Um, but what was the most important out of those three things? Do you remember? Um, the knowledge and the attitude. No, <laughs> attitude. Attitude is the most important, right? Yes. So, so we can learn things later. And that, that comes from instructor's point of view too. Like our attitude towards our students and towards the information that we're giving, as well as the attitude as a student that, you know, that we're there to learn, that can make or break what we get out of the class. Um, if you show up and the instructor is a tactical Timmy that, that just wants to, you know, show how cool he is and how well he shoots and you should listen to him because he's done all sorts of cool stuff in the past, that you're probably not going to get a lot out of that class. Yeah, which is unfortunate, but um, it's it, it's a it's a reality of, of the gun world, you know. Yeah, and and in my experience in the gun world and talking to to people that really have solid experience, the ones that are that I'm going to learn the most from are the ones that don't brag about what they did. Right, a hundred percent. It'll it'll come up in in a, a course somewhere or some little story here or there. But they're never going to lead anything in their class about, well, I did this and this is why you have to do it. Right. It's usually, this is an experience that happened to me and here's why it's relevant to what I want to teach you. Yeah. 
you know, one of the things I think about right off the bat is um, Bill when he yeah. talks about some of the some of the stuff in when you know when he was a detective in Los Angeles, completely relevant to the to the subject that he was talking about. Hundred percent. And you learn like, oh, man, he put that in an analogy that I completely understand. And I believe him because he had that experience. Yeah, it, it personalizes uh, the point that uh, what your instructor is trying to make. So um, the other thing I think you can expect is, you know, kind of an open dialogue where you're able to ask questions oh, at every yeah. time and ask for clarification. Uh, it goes back to that, uh, you know, the attitude of being an open vessel and being open to to having questions. And really, I would say that there are no stupid questions. Um, I think there are bad attitudes, um, but I, I think yeah. that there aren't, you know, stupid questions that you can ask, especially, um, you know, before you go onto the range, I would say. And I well, want as, questions. As, yeah. As a student, if you have a question and you don't ask that question, so we know this from all kinds of classes and training, not just firearms. If you have a question, someone else may have that. And if you don't ask it, someone else and you will not get the information because you Mm -hmm. didn't ask the question. Right. So no matter, no matter how uncomfortable or awkward you feel by asking, Hey, I don't know where the safety is on this gun or should I carry in this position or not? Just ask the question because the instructor, if it's a good instructor, I don't know about Steve, they shouldn't make (laughs) you feel uncomfortable with their answer. For the record, Steve is a fin- stupid. For the record, Steve is a great instructor. I remember everything from the class. Everything? Yes. <laughs> I try. I, I'm not going to claim I'm perfect and I know everything because I absolutely do not. But I, I try, you know, just like we talked about today, I try to give everything that the students want when they when they get get there and invest their time and money in the class. Yeah, and that's well, I think, I'm taking his next class that he comes down here to teach so that I can know for sure. Because <laughs> all idea. I can refer I can only recommend Steve on his charm. I don't I haven't seen him teach. Oh well, well it's definitely definitely not my looks, so <laughs> Well, without the Billy Goat uh beard, yeah, you you're only really going off of uh, charm and skill now. Oh boy. Um well let's talk about the range portion a little bit. Um what can you expect um you know, on the range portion of a class, obviously, um, you know, having your eyes and ears protected, um, before you even step foot onto the range. Um, you know, I, my big thing that I wrote down while I was preparing is, uh, safety. Yeah, that is, that is paramount at, at the store and it should be paramount with any instructor that, that you take a classroom. It doesn't matter at what level, even if they're using blue guns, um, Safety and, and gun handling, any of that stuff should be top priority because especially with new shooters, we're teaching habits. Um, and so if you have an instructor that's pointing his blue gun at everybody, who's to say that he's not going to be pointing a real firearm at, at students inside the range? Right. So safe, safety is top tier no matter what. And, and I'm going to say this too. If you feel uncomfortable or you feel unsafe at any class, leave. Yeah. Leave. Yeah. It seems counterintuitive or rude or whatever, but if you really feel that unsafe, um, there's no reason to not walk out there. You know what I mean? Your safety is top priority. Yeah. Um, okay. That, that being said, yeah. So when, when you go into the range, we're going to cover, at least for us, we're going to go through the, the range safety and etiquette all over again. I, I, when I teach the basic handgun, that's like the third slide in, we go through 
all that stuff. And you're going to hear it over and over again in the classroom, and then you're going to see it and hear it again before we go into the range. Um, and we talk about some of the things like how and where we handle firearms in the range, which is easier to do inside the range than it is in the classroom. Um, so some of that stuff will feel kind of redundant, um, but there's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, and then it's going to be loud. It's going to be obnoxious. There's going to be a lot of screaming. I know for me, I, I end up probably losing my voice 80% of the classes because I'm, I'm trying to talk loud enough for everybody to hear because That's some, because you know, everybody doesn't have electronic uh, hearing protection. That's exactly <laughs> what I was just going to say, but it's, uh, doesn't mean we're yelling at you and, and belittling, littling you. It just means that we're trying to, to carry over the importance. And so everybody can hear. Yeah, I think it's kind of habit at this point just to talk loudly in a range no matter what, like twice as loud as what you're used to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a dad, so I tend to scream loud anyways. Yeah, there's also that. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great, uh, you know, a great synopsis of kind of what to expect in a range, um, you know, and then. You know, obviously, uh, the other thing I would say to expect um, is, you know, just a, a slow process, especially in a be- in a beginner class. Um, yeah, yeah, and there are some students that that are dialed in rather quickly, and they're hitting bullseyes well, and and they just take to it pretty naturally. the The frustrating thing is, is there's the one or several students that may be having a harder time picking up on what's being taught, and so we as the instructors, we have to kind of spend a little bit of time with them, which ends up slowing down the class a little bit. So that's something you probably should be mindful of if that, uh, that you might be one of those two students, you might've picked it up and you're on, on point, or you might be the one lagging behind either way. You need to, to be a little patient with yourself. Um, if, if you're the student that, that you notice needs a little bit more help, that doesn't mean that, uh, that we're going to get annoyed by you and we're tired of you and we wish you would have brought another magazine or whatever. No, we're going to try and make sure that, that you get the same information as, as everybody else. Yeah. Nick, anything to add? No, I, I agree with that. I think that, uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's exactly what we should do. I don't have anything to add. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's great. Um, well, Nick, why don't you bring us home then? What can you kind of expect at the, uh, you know, you've gone through the classroom setting. Um, you've gone through the um, the range setting. You've shot your couple hundred rounds. Um, you know, you're feeling good. You're feeling confident. Um, what can you expect, um, you know, towards the end of that uh, that range session? So for me, what I would be expecting is I would probably expect that you're going to you're going to finish up. The instructor's going to tell you kind of how you did uh, the things that you did well, the things that you could probably improve on or possibly anything that you did that was unsafe, um, mm-hmm. which they probably would have told you already at the time that it happened. And if you're still there, it obviously wasn't so unsafe that they kicked you out. I've seen that happen too. Sure. Uh, but at that point, then you kind of, that's where your kind of notepad and stuff should come into effect and kind of write down like what was the highlight of the class? What was something I want to improve on? And then what should I be looking for next? Do I yeah. need to look at that next class? Do I need to buy some more ammo and take these skills that I learned today and go out to the range and hit those drills over and over again? 
or is there something that I learned that I know I need some more instruction on? And can I get some private instruction moving forward to drill in hard on just those specific things? Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be some self-reflection time there. That's a great point about, um, and usually your instructor can kind of, like you said, Nick, give you kind of some feedback like, Hey, you did really well. I think you'd be, you know, you're good to move on to the next, next level class or, Hey, maybe, you know, next time you're at the range, take some time to, um, you know, really dial these in, maybe practice a little bit more. Um, you know, you can, you can usually ask your instructor as well. Hey, how did I do? Yeah, if you're not afraid to ask questions and kind of ask like, hey, what can I do to improve better on my site acquisition? What can I do to improve on my draw time and my draw stroke? And that instructor will probably give you some notes that say, hey, well, you can improve your draw times and the draw stroke by just making sure that your gun is clear and safe and doing some dry fire practice at home. And that's something that you can do at home and you can do that every single day. And when you go to the next class, you can ask if it's the same instructor. Hey, do you see improvement? Is this getting better? And then they can tell you from there, hey, let's let's get another class going or let's focus on this here. And then same with the shooting. Like if you're trying to do site acquisition, that's stuff you can do at home. The instructor will give you tips on how to do it. Right. But well, and that's definitely I, ask questions and take notes. I would say that's the perfect transition into um the next class, because at least at independence, uh, going from, um, the basic to the intermediate pistol class, the big difference is holster work. Now, um, you know, if you're in the basic pistol class, you're going from a pistol on the table, um, you know, and, and picking it up off the table every time, setting it down, putting it in a bag, depending on if you have different, um, you know, uh, groups of people going, you know, coming up to the line or not. Um, and then when you get into the intermediate class, then you start, you know, your holster work and uh, what Nick was talking about, the draw stroke and, and you know, perfecting that draw and everything in the presentation. Um, it builds off of um, those basic skills you get from that basic class and moves into uh, into the holster work. So at least that's how yeah. the intermediate works. Obviously, it might be different um, in the... Um, you know, place that uh, you're you you are getting your lessons from. However, um, that's at least how we we think it's best done at the shop. So, yeah. So here's something I notice at Independence. So I'm looking at all the classes, right? And I ha- I haven't actually taken any of these classes, so I don't know for sure. I mean, I've taken these classes, but not at Independence. So, sure. Uh, and that's something I'm probably going to change now that I've looked at all these and read all the descriptions. But uh, there's a holsters for women class. And we talked about how there's a whole section of classes designated specifically towards women, mm-hmm. but there's not a general holsters class in general. And I think that if there's enough misinformation and questions on the female side of holsters, be it their ego might not be there. There's probably a lot of those same questions from men. Oh, because sure. I stand in, I stand in the holster aisle when I'm at the shop and I answer hundreds of questions and, debunk tons of false information that they're going off of while trying to find that exact holster they saw on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, I think going from, you know, having a gun on a table to a holster is, is a big jump. And I think uh, people don't give it enough time to really consider and sink into. So I think, I, I think that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, and I know they go through that in the intermediate pistol or defensive pistol. 
Um, they go through holster work. And I'm not sure if that one is specifically for like women's types of holsters or if it's holster work with a women's holster class. So at the, at the, uh, say the enhanced concealed carry or the intermediate pistol, mm-hmm. is there like a holster requirement? I know some of the instructors I work with, they require outside the waistband holsters for most pistol on the range classes. Um, I know in the basic one you don't, um, but if you actually, if you jump on the website uh, at iishooting.com, they'll tell you kind of what to bring. Um, with a uh, the enhanced concealed carry class, I don't believe you need uh, the holster. Um, yeah, in the enhanced, we don't. We don't yeah. cover any of the holster work um, because we want to really shrink that class size down where there's a lot more moving parts that, that could really go bad. And so we, we don't want to have like 30 students in, in the class to working on holster work. Um, we want to really be able to focus on those students. Yeah. Cause I seen here, it doesn't even say, uh, well, obviously you guys must do it from behind the table. So, right. Yeah. We, we do it behind the table, but that's when we go into the defensive and intermediate, the class sizes are much smaller and we go, uh, in front of the, the booths to where we can, see all sides of the student and, and really diagnose and, and help them out. Well, and I will say one of the big differences um, between, you know, an enhanced concealed carry class at independence and at other places, and not to say that other places are bad, but um, you know, uh, with any kind of enhanced concealed carry class, it doesn't specify um, it specifies that you need to shoot. I believe it's 99 rounds. Um, you need in your class, but it doesn't necessarily go into the specifics of how those 99 rounds need to be, you know, spent. Um, right. You know, so you could theoretically just go out into the desert and shoot 99 rounds at nothing and then you're good to go. Um, you know, we take you through, you know, we use, I think, 120 rounds, 150 rounds. Um to take you through or, different drills. Or sometimes more. <laughs> yeah, 150 rounds minimum, I would say. Um, but that's, we take you through kind of all of the, you know, different exercises and, and you know, skills to learn and uh, exercises you can do to get better. Um, and even, I think some real world, you know, ish situations about, you know, shooting from closer range or farther range or, um, you know, things of that sort. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the jump from big, I would say the biggest jump is from beginner to intermediate. I don't, I don't think that, um, intermediate to advanced. I mean, it's definitely the speed I think is what is the biggest difference between the two there. Um, but beginner to intermediate will really, um, give you a, a large, uh, you know, advancement in your skills. I would say that's, that's what the biggest difference to me at least. Yeah. Nick, what do you yeah. think? Typing. I absolutely agree. I was kind of I was looking at these classes. So the next time we do this, I'm going to have taken all these pistol classes because <laughs> I've, I've just been reading the requirements and looking at what to bring. And now I'm intrigued on taking all of the classes that they offer on pistol. You definitely should. Um, and the other thing too, is that, um, well, two things really. One is that, you know, you can't usually, um, you can't expect to just jump into an advanced class or, or even maybe an intermediate class, depending on the situation. Um, if you haven't taken the beginner class or you haven't kind of tested out of it, um, for lack of a better term, um, you know, if you, if you want to take an intermediate class and you don't have any kind of certification of taking any other class, you might have to kind of, I guess, 
you know, prove that you do have the skills and the and the safety and the uh, the competence and confidence necessary to take that those intermediate classes. Um, you know, but uh, what the other thing I was going to say is that. Um, you know, if maybe you have taken all of the advanced pistol classes uh, and you're, you know, you're fully confident in, a, in pistol shooting or whatever, maybe you want to expand your repertoire into an AR platform or a rifle kind of shooting or a shotgun shooting. You can find those basic classes as well, because, um, you know, while the principles are the same, I would say that, you know, and even the manual of arms are somewhat the same, uh, the, you know, there's a, there can be a big difference um, in, in the application of those firearms that, uh, you know, you'll want some specific instruction over. Yeah. And John Rhodes, he's, he's fun to, to learn stuff from. He understands the, the AR platform pretty well, I would yeah. say. And, uh, and he's, he's just a wealth of knowledge and he's one of those instructors. You kind of not, you don't know what to expect from just talking to him, you know, one-on-one to actually getting out on the classroom. But, uh, he, he's a cool guy. Yeah. He's, he's very professional is how I would put it. Um, you know, he doesn't mess around. Um, you know, some people have more of a sense of humor and stuff and, and he's a funny guy, but when it, when it comes to, uh, training and stuff, he's, he's very serious, um, and professional, which I think is a good thing. Um, because it really does, you know, if, I remember being a little bit humbled by the fact that like, oh, yeah, I can shoot pistols just fine. I'll be able to shoot an AR, no problem, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, kind of realizing that I, that I had a lot to learn uh, once we got out onto the range. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are definitely options for basic AR-15 or uh, rifle, you know, classes. Um, you know, there might even be, you know other kinds of classes that uh, you'll find as well that will expand your knowledge um, beyond just pistols. I think pistols are um, obviously the most common and what most people are going to, to check out. But um, if you, you know, wanted to get into that other, uh, into the other classes, you definitely can. Yeah. And, and continuing education has been something that's, that's been on my mind a lot the last couple of weeks, I would say Yeah, about, about the, what, a, what after the enhanced class, because almost everybody, um, like they just take the enhanced class and that's it. They stop. Um, sure. and they figure they have enough information. Well, in reality, you have just started chiseling away at the education. There's so much more to learn. And even if you take the enhanced class two or three times, you're going to learn something every time. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think it's important that, that you understand that once you become that student, um, don't stop. Like I know it's expensive and ammo is hard to find. And, you know, there's going to be a lot more classes to where you don't even need ammunition. You just need to show up and, and learn. So I, I think it's important that, that you don't just figure that, you know, everything after that enhanced class. Yeah. I, and I've had this conversation with Terry before too, about, I wish that more instructors had like a refresher class, like mm-hmm. 12 months after you take your enhance, like you get into the refresher class and Hey, here's what's changed since the last time you took this class type of thing. Um, I know that, uh, what is it? Uh, Hidden Heat, they put out a, uh, a book every year that has like the updated laws for every state for every right. year. And I think USCCA has one too. Yeah. Uh, they've, not, they've, uh, they've updated their booklet. Yeah. Um, so, and then it kind of updates the laws. It updates where you can carry a gun, like how you can carry um, and kind of keep yourself knowledgeable of, hey, if I'm going to travel with this or have the rules in my state changed, 
Um, And then kind of talking with the instructor and figuring out, hey, do I need to get into some more handgun training? Like, and the instructor asking questions like, hey, what have you done over the last 12 months to keep up your skills? Oh, well, maybe you should add this to what you're doing. And just a refresher after the enhanced class. Yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. Um, because yeah, like you said, most people take the class and then that's it, and then you know they think they're good to go. And really, like you know, like Steve said, it's really just the beginning of your firearms journey. You know, it's we've we've said it a bunch of times on the show is that uh, if you think you're done learning about firearms, then you know you uh, need education. I think more than anybody else. Yeah, um, especially because there are so many classes. I think where you can. Um, you know, if you if you really are dedicated to it, you can get into some multi-day classes, you know, some outdoor stuff, working with carbines um, and some some stuff from some real deal people um, that you can really learn a lot from. Um, you know, we've talked about uh, John Lovell, a warrior poet, you know, a society talked about his, you know, his YouTube series. But he offers, you know, multi-day classes with rifles and, and things of that sort. And there's a lot of great stuff to learn from there. And it's one thing yeah. being in, you know, a range, a, a kind of a sterile environment where everything's pretty controlled, um, you know, and then it's a different thing to go from that to a, uh, you know, outdoor kind of outdoor setting, especially if you've never shot outdoors before and you're doing some more dynamic stuff. But um, usually in advance, in advanced class, you you kind of go from, uh, you know, moving slowly to moving a little bit more quickly, like I said earlier. But also, I think you're also moving your dynamic um, rather than standing still and, and drawing from a holster. So those are. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and, and then some of those other advanced classes, like in an enhanced class, like I don't, I don't think they talk about getting off the X very much, or, or becoming a more harder, you know, a more difficult target. I guess is a better way to put it. So you're going to learn that in the, in the more advanced classes where there's a lot more philosophy being taught, not just, uh, not just the skills, which is important because once you understand the philosophy and the skills, those two can combine and it will help you become a, a, a safer gun carrier, but sure. also you. Uh, a more discerning shot and you, you know, you'll be going through all these things to, uh, to grow and become better. Yeah. Cause it, I think, you know, with, with the first couple classes or whatever, you learn, um, those basics of firearms. Um, but then you start to learn philosophy and gunfighting. And once you kind of get into that realm, then it's a whole different story, you know? Yeah. So oh, looks, looks like we lost Nick. Yeah, so I, I guess Nick's computer died, um, but hey, I'd say that's uh, that's a pretty comprehensive grasp on what to expect from classes. So um, yeah, I think we hit hit everything. I think so. But if we missed anything, you can let us know. Uh, Podcast at iishooting dot com, uh, or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Range Minded Podcast. Um, we always love hearing from uh, from listeners, so please uh, let us know. Awesome. Yeah, make sure uh, make sure you're safe out there and, and take somebody shooting. Yes, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. All right. See you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Range Minded. Find us online at Range Minded Podcast on Facebook or send us an email at podcast at iishooting.com. We're always happy to get feedback, episode suggestions, whatever you want to send us, really. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.